Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Yesterday at, at, at breakfast, I don't know if you've ever had one of these days where you, you go in the kitchen and this has just been a busy week. It's been a great week, you know, busy's not bad. It's just life's full sometimes. And I went to make the boys breakfast and I realised we had old bread <laughs> that wasn't usable. We had no milk. We had old juice. Like we ran out of juice. I went to like the fridge in the garage and I went in there and it went off in January 2020. Has anyone else ever had that? Is that so just making no well normal here? And all that was left in the fridge was pizza from a day before. <laughs> My boys were pumped for breakfast. There's <laughs> some days where you go to do something new and all there is is something old. And Jesus is here in that scripture where we get to Matthew again and he says, No one sews a patch of unshrunken cloth into an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment and a worse tear will result. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins burst and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. In this moment here, Jesus is talking about fasting, but he's not really talking about fasting. He's talking to the people of the day about the principles, practices and possibilities that God has for them, but they had turned it into a religious act and He's saying to them, don't, you don't understand, you've been doing something religiously and, and hey, at least you've been doing it religiously, but I tell you, I've got more for you. I don't want to just pour the new thing into the old way. I don't want to pour the new spirit into the old spirit. I want to renew you and make you new so you can encounter something fresh, something new. What He's saying here is He's saying, I've got new wine. Everyone say new wine. This phrase has been going again and again around in my spirit lately, especially we get to the end of the year and, and with things as being as they are, I just feel like there's new wine. New wine talks about a new day. It talks about a new season of miracles. It talks about a, a new season of celebration. I mean, you think of wine, it leads to dancing and, and new language of, of anointing and power and new people and wine speaks of joy. I think when God looks sometimes at our walk with Him, He's going, you're going through the motions, but I've got joy. I mean, who wants an overwhelming joy in their relationship with God? Who wants when you open the Word? It's not, okay, I've got to read the Word. It's, ah, I've got so much joy reading the Word today. Who wants when you encounter His presence? It's not just singing, but it's joy that overflows. It's an anointing that's afresh. Do you remember the first time you were filled with the Holy Spirit? I mean, maybe you're here, you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, He wants to empower you, fill you, anoint you. And it is the greatest encounter you can ever have in your life. But if you've been filled before, come on, who's been filled with the Holy Spirit? That's, it. That's not the fullness. He has more. And what I love is as you grow in God, He's always got more, a new aspect, a new encounter, a new level. There's a greater anointing, a new wine that God's got for you. And I believe He wants to pour it out in this next season of the church. Amen. As of next week, we're going to start teaching a series on, on hunger and thirst. So I felt like this was just like the most right message to come because the, the wedding at Cana, which I'm not going to teach on today, I, I spoke at length of this with our worship team on Tuesday. The wedding at Cana was about water. It was about water 
that got turned into wine. And I feel like sometimes our faith in God gets watered down and God wants to, and He said, you've done what you can. You've filled yourself to the brim, but it's watered down. It's not enough to serve others. It's not enough for joy. It's not enough for a celebration. So I wanna turn that water into wine. It's a supernatural act. It's not a natural thing. He wants to give you the new thing today. Are you ready? Sometimes we've got to adjust for the new thing. My boys, my boys, uh, I listen to them as they talk with their friends. It's like they speak a whole different language. So I've got like, you know, I'm trying to learn it. I'm trying to understand it and what they mean, right? So like my boy comes out, Geordie, the other day and he's dressed and Sean says, you're wearing it? And he goes, yeah, it's my drip. I'm dripping. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? We're like, what? It's your drip? But apparently that means that what you're wearing looks good. If someone's, if someone's telling the truth, kids today say no cap or no cap on the bottle. And, and, or if, if someone's speaking rubbish, they say, no, they're, they're talking double cap. And I'm like, what is even that? Like CAP, I'm not being, you know. Uh, if, if they play basketball with a player that's good or PlayStation or something with a player that's good, they say, oh, that person's sweaty. I'm like, what does that even mean? But if they're a good basketballer, they're sweaty. If someone's terrible at something, oh, they're dog water. Like, I'm like, what does that mean? And all their friends are saying the same thing. If it's a good song, yeah, it's a good vibe. That's a good vibe. I'm like, if something's good, like, you know, they might get a new top or something from us and they'll be like, oh, it's Gucci. Apparently, like, they say, like, Gucci. Like, they put, oh, that's Gucci. No, it's cotton on. No, 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 Gucci means good, Dad. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's Gucci. If, if, if someone's bad sport, they're salty. Uh, you know, they're just salty. They're salty. Instead of saying yay, they say yeet. I'm like, what? Just say yay. But now they say yeet. Uh, if, if something's messed up, they say it's clapped. Like, you know, I'm just trying to, under, trying to understand my kid's language here. If they want to say, say, let's go, they go boggers. Like, come on, boggers. And I'm like, what does this even mean? Sounds like boogers. But uh, there's like this new language that's coming in. And, and I can just reject it. But what I'm trying to do is understand it so I can know what my kids are saying because it's like they're speaking a different language code and I want to understand it. But Jesus came. Came, and to the religious people of the day, it was like he was speaking a new language. He's come saying, I've got a new command. He was bringing new sight to blind eyes. He was bringing new opportunities to fishermen. He was giving a new day to tax collectors and prostitutes and those that were rejected and lepers. He was bringing, uh, he was a new day where anyone, not just the most faithful, could enter in. He was bringing new life for old bodies. He was saying we would have a new body one day when we rise again. He was saying, I bring you a new way to heaven. He was bringing us a new picture of God. He was saying you are a new creation and He comes saying the new wine's better than the old wine. Sometimes we get used to speaking the language of an old day and we get used to the means of an old day and we get used to the practices of an old day. But what I love about Jesus is He comes to rock our religious spirit and say, wake up and strengthen the things that are about to remain for I've not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. There's a new day, there's a new thing, there's a new moment, there's a new anointing. If you've settled in the old way, if you're still living off the old message, if you're still living off the old wells you've dug, I believe God's got something new in you. Can I encourage you today? Don't get old in spirit. Don't get old in thinking. Don't get old in ways. I love a mature person, but I love, don't want us to get, as we grow more mature in age, don't get old in spirit. Don't get old in hunger because old stops you believing in the impossible because you can't produce new fruit from an old season, God wants to give every one of you new fruit in a new season because the one that comes to make a new way has new wine for a new wineskin. In the book of in the book of Isaac, in the book of Genesis, uh, we see Isaac and, uh, and 
He has an old well that's been given to him from his father. And in a season of famine, he has a hundred times harvest. When everyone goes running, he keeps on using the well that his father and his father's fa- his father had dug. And because of that, he has a hundredfold harvest. But then there's an enemy that doesn't like him. So this enemy comes and puts dirt in his well. You see, the enemy comes and throws dirt in his well because he sees when there's favour on your life, the enemy wants to come and muddy your waters. Can I tell you something? The devil can't stop your favour, so he'll try and limit your flow. Let me say it again. When Jesus died and rose again, He gave you favour from heaven that no one could ever take away from you. Some people feel like, I can feel this in my spirit. Some of you feel that you've lost favour with God. You've lost favour in provision. You've lost favour at work. You've lost favour in your marriage. You've lost favour in your mind. I want to tell you, what Jesus gave to you, no one can take from you. When Jesus gave you favour, the enemy can't stop your favour. The enemy couldn't take away his water, so he tried to restrict his flow. What the enemy does is he tries to muddy your waters because God has new wine or new water for you. My message today is new water, new wine. The enemy comes and puts dirt in your well because if he can't stop your favour, he'll try and block your flow. And you might feel dry today, but let me tell you, you're not out today. Because you feel dry doesn't mean that heaven doesn't have a fresh flow for you. You just have to dig again and get to a place where you can get the anointing that God has for you. So we get to Genesis 26 verse 19 and the enemy comes and puts dirt in his well and he doesn't complain about it. He doesn't quit. He doesn't he doesn't talk about it. He doesn't write about it on Facebook. He doesn't find another church. He know what he does. He says, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. When you get dry, when you realise I don't have the same flow, don't quit, don't leave and don't stay where you are. What he realised is that the well wasn't the source of water, but there was a reservoir under the ground. And the well was merely just his means of tapping into the reservoir. I want to tell you, God has a reservoir of living water. He has a reservoir of new wine. He has more than you can imagine. Don't focus on the mechanism. Don't focus on what you're going through. Don't focus on the dirt that the enemy's put in your well. There is a fresh source of water. If you would just be willing to dig again, go again, believe again and ask again, because he's got fresh water and new wine for your life. So we go back to Matthew and Jesus says, I won't pour new wine though into old wineskins. Sometimes our wells got so dirty and muddy and we want Him to pour what is most valuable into what is old. Would you pour fresh water into a dirty well? No way, because it will damage what is valuable, the water. What Jesus is saying is I've got new wine, but sometimes what happens is through life and it's normal. He understood it. He didn't say wineskins shouldn't get old. He recognised wineskins do get old. So he said, I have to renew the wineskin. He says, I can't pour the new wine into the old wineskin. What is the wineskin? The wineskin is a vessel and therefore it's a picture of you and me. When Jesus is saying, I can't pour my new wine, which is the Holy Spirit, which is anointing, which is His joy, which is His power, which is His authority, which is His prophetic voice, which is His life. He can't pour that into you and me if we're an old wineskin. See, you were called to carry Jesus. 
As a wineskin, you were called to carry Jesus. You were made to pour out Jesus. Can I say, we were not made to pour out our feelings. We were not made to pour out our opinions. We were not made to pour out our hurts, but we were made to hold Jesus and pour out Jesus. What is the purpose of this water bottle? It's not to hold water, it's to pour out water. The only reason this bottle was made was not to hold the water that was in there. It was made to bring refreshing to others. The very reason you were made as a wineskin was not just to hold the anointing, but was to pour the anointing so that others could walk in the refreshing. But if God wants to entrust you with something that you're gonna pour out, He has to make sure that you're a vessel worthy of the pouring because sometimes we want the anointing for us because we want the anointing for our healing, but He wants the anointing for your pouring. But the only way He can allow you to have the anointing for the pouring is if first you allow yourself to go for some healing. Is this making sense today? Sometimes we want more, but God says, I want you to get restored. See, when the, let me tell you about wine. What happens with wine is that when the wine is new and the wine is fermenting, what it does is it bubbles and it expands. So new wine, everyone say new wine. New wine expands. When you pour it in, it's, it's one volume, but it expands and bubbles and grows in the fermentation process. So what you need is a fresh pliable, supple wineskin that as the Holy Spirit stretches it and grows it and pushes it, it has the ability to expand with the wine. See, what happens with an old wineskin is an old wineskin now has its definite shape. An old wineskin is no longer pliable. An old wineskin is now fixed in its way of doing things. Its old wineskin is just used to the way it's done things forever. An old wineskin sits in the same seat every week. An old wineskin does the same devotion method every day. The old wineskin just has the same prayer every day. The old wineskin just expects the same thing as yesterday. The old wineskin only knows what the old wineskin knows and it gets stuck and it gets rigid and it only can stretch so much. It loses its ability to give. The point of the kingdom is that we would give so when we're poured in, we could also give. So what happens is if the wine, which is valuable, is poured into an old wineskin that's stuck, the wineskin bursts and now the wineskin and what is most valuable, the wine, are lost. So Jesus is saying, I can't pour out my Holy Spirit into a vessel, into a person, into a church that isn't ready Available, pliable, movable to expand as the Holy Spirit pours out. Who, who wants revival? Now, I'm preaching to the people that are here on, you know, on, this, on this weekend of all people, so I know you do. Revival doesn't happen in our way. Revival happens on Monday night. <laughs> Revival happens when we're not when we're on our day off. Revival happens when we're not ready. Revival brings in people we would have never expected. Revival shifts us out of our comfortableness. Revival shifts our meeting times. Revival shifts what we know. Revival shifts our way. Revival shifts our one and a half hour service. Revival moves everything. And he says, I want to pour out my new wine into you. When you have an encounter with God, you, you can't stay in bed as long. When you have an encounter with God, you can't have your normal week. When you have an encounter with God, you can't pray for 10 minutes, when you have an encounter with God, you can't just do what you used to do. We want the new wine, but the question is, would I be able to shift, move and grow with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in me when the wine comes? Because the wine is the treasure. But we live in a world that made the wineskin the most valuable item. 
but the wine skin was only ever there to hold the wine. The wine skin's one purpose is to preserve the wine and make and come. The one wine skin's purpose is to hold the wine. It's to accommodate, accommodate the ever expanding nature of the wine. And I tell you, when God fills you afresh, you can't just come in, have your anointing, and go out into your day. Your expanding, intentional, deliberate purpose of the wine is that it would be ever bubbling, ever moving, ever shifting, ever growing. And He's looking for people and vessels that would not just sing it, but say, God, whatever it takes, if you would pour into me, I want to be someone that can hold it. So the problem is not the pouring of the new wine. The problem is therefore the holding of the new wine. I'm not saying this to critic. I'm saying this to challenge myself today. I want the new wine of the Holy Spirit. Come on, do you want the new wine of the Holy Spirit? I want it so badly. But am I able to flow See, the ability to flow, the ability for the wine to flow is limited to the ability of the wine skin to hold. God would never hold back His Holy Spirit unless I was unable to hold what the Holy Spirit and pour out what the Holy Spirit gave to me. The measure of which I ask for and I'm able to contain is the measure He'll pour out. In fact, He says, press down, shaken together and running over. So if I know, come on, do you, do you feel sometimes like there's more of God Come on, do you? I do. Like, God, there's more. There's more. So how do I and how do we position ourselves for more? Because if we want what we've never seen before and experience what we've never experienced before, we can't tell God what it looks like. We can't tell God how to move and when to move or what it looked like back in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s when He moved. We've got to say, God, new way. Isaiah says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Keep it up. He's referring there to when he did one of the greatest miracles of all time. He made a way through the Red Sea. The greatest miracle that the Israelites would talk about to this point was him making the way through the Red Sea. And Isaiah said, you think the old thing was the greatest miracle, the greatest encounter, the greatest revival, the, the greatest moments, the greatest conferences, the greatest meetings, the greatest camps? You think that was the greatest? Behold, forgetting the former things, do not dwell in the past. I am doing a new thing. I'm making a way in the wilderness. In the previous times, I made a way through the water. Now this time, I'm gonna make a way through what feels dry. And sometimes we're like, God, I feel so dry. He's gonna make a way where he couldn't make a way. You see, Moses had a point, a problem of flow. He couldn't get enough water. And so God spoke to him and said, Moses, I want you to strike the rock. So he gets his staff, his piece of piece of almond wood, and he strikes the rock. And it says that water came pouring out because there is never a limitation on flow. It's only our obedience to, it's only our willingness and obedience to the Holy Spirit that limits our flow. There was a flow from heaven from a dry place. I believe if you've been in a dry place, there's a flow from heaven that's available for you today. So he might be saying, strike the rock. But maybe in the past, God told you to strike the rock. But as we go on with the story, Moses and his people come to another dry season and God says, speak to the rock. But Moses wants to do it in the old way. Moses wants the old flow in the old way. But God wanted to give a new flow through a new way. So Moses grabs his staff and he strikes the rock. But God says, no, Moses, I told you to speak to the rock. In the past you were to strike, but in the present you're to speak. And because 
because of that disobedience, he never walked into his promised land. I believe sometimes God's got a greater promised land for us and he's got a new flow for us, but we're wanting the new flow in the old way. We're wanting the new anointing through the old method. We're wanting the new holy the new anointing of the Holy Spirit in the old Josh. And he says, I just won't pour it out. I just won't give you what you want unless you're willing to grow and expand for it. Let's be really clear, church. I believe in this odd season of life, God is doing a new thing. Come on, do you believe it? I believe for years we prophesied. I felt God years ago gave me a word about a cloud on the horizon that I believe is over our head, about a new thing that was coming and it was just springing. And I believe it's here. I believe right now God's got a new thing available for us. But the question is, if He were to pour out, would I expand or would I burst? Because He says, neither do people pour the new wine into old wineskins. He says, my Holy Spirit is just too valuable. We can't want the new thing in the old way. We can't want the new encounter with the old mindsets. He's not criticised. Jesus here and and me today as I'm talking to you, not criticising. Opening a door and saying there's more. (laughs) He's not punishing. He's not rejecting. He's not condemning. He's inviting (laughs) He's saying, I want to do a process with you so you can hold my new wine. He's saying, I want you to get ready because when my Holy Spirit gets poured out, it's going to rock religious mindsets. He's saying, what happened when the new Spirit got poured out? It changed their language. Sometimes we look at new generation and new things and we say, I don't understand that language, therefore I reject it. But that was the religious mindset of the people in the day too, that when the Holy Spirit poured out, the first thing He did was He changed their language and that brought the revival people were looking for. I believe God's wanting to change our outset I believe God's want to change our expectation. I believe God's want to change our language, not just to talk like, say, you know, let's boggers. I'm trying to say, there's something that says, God, I want a fresh power in a new day and I'm willing for you to do whatever it takes in me to have the outpouring that you're willing to give. This is why I know it's not condemnation or rejection for those people. He wasn't even saying, I won't pour out my new spirit in you, you religious people. No, that's not what he was saying. The word for wineskin is kainos there in the Greek. What that word means is new, but not really. What it means is new in quality or more so, not found exactly like before. What he was saying is, I won't need a new person. You're the person. You're the vessel. You're the carrier. I just want you to be not exactly like before. You see, what they would do with an old wineskin is they wouldn't get rid of the wineskin, is they would pour out the old, they would turn the wineskin inside out, they would get, they would fix what was wounded, they would fix what was torn, they would repair what was broken, they would then get smoke. Sometimes you've got to go through the fire and put the wineskin through it and then they would rub new oil in the wineskin. New oil talks to about encounter, talks about fresh anointing and then they would turn that wineskin back to the correct in way, not inside out but now outside in I guess and then, and then they would pour the new wine in and once more the old wine 
wineskin was fresh and pliable. I believe what God is saying is that I want to pour a new wine in you. But what I'm doing in your life right now is I'm turning you inside out, upside down, and I'm repairing what was broken. I'm allowing there to be a fresh anointing. I'm allowing what you've held on to for so long that sustains you in the days gone by won't be the wine that sustains you in the new day. The water has maybe got a little bit muddy, but don't worry, it's not the well that's your source. It's the reservoir of the Holy Spirit that the well's connected to. There's new water, there's new wine, there's a new anointing. Come on, stand on your feet. There's a brand new day. God wants to turn everything inside out so that He can pour in the new wine because this is what I see. When I read this Scripture, that word for wineskin, everyone say wineskin for you and me is kainos. It means not just like it was before. It's renewed. It's revival. It's what was once dying is now brought to life. But that new wine is the word there in the Greek called neos. What that means is what has never been seen before. See, what He wants to do is He wants to pour out what's never been seen before in people that have seen it all before, that have been there before. Before, that have been in the meetings before. And just when you think, oh, I've seen it all, bought the book, seen the movie, written the script, done it all, could tell you how it goes, could tell you how He feels, could tell you how He moves, could tell you how He speaks. He says, no, let me turn you inside out. Let me find a new well for you because I've got something you've never seen before. I've got a new language in a new day. I've got a fresh revival for old people. I've got, if you're willing to not stay in the old mindsets, but say, Holy Spirit, renew me, refresh me, encounter me, and fix me, heal me, and rub me with your new oil. He'll say, okay, you are now prepared for the new revival oil I'm gonna pour out. I now have fresh water, new wine, ready to pour into your, into your vessel. But we need to be empty. We need to be flexible. We need to be pliable. We need to be available. We need to say, God, I don't wanna just stay where I am. I don't wanna just do what I've done. I don't I don't want to just go through the old ways, doing the old things, but God, do something in me. Can I tell you, this last few years have been weird as a church, but what I do know is maybe He's turning us inside out and He's putting the whole country through the smoker so that He can come and, fresh and put fresh anointing oil on His church so that when He pours out His revival wine, that there would be something that we've never encountered before. And I believe this church, that when you're ready, He'll start pouring. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, 
purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.